All right, heroes, it's bonus episode time. We sat down with Alan Turner, the creator of the Endragor role-playing system, to talk about fate. Similar to our Kenneth Height introduction to Gumshoe, this is going to go over the broad strokes of what you need to play Fate and what the different game terms mean. The episode's about 20 minutes long, and it should prepare you for any Fate session that you might be heading into. Fate is a pretty diverse and hackable system, so the different plays on Fate have different rules. You'll probably need to talk to your game master when you're starting up your Fate game, but this should give you a solid foundation to build on. With all that out of the way... Let's get to the show. All right, heroes, it's bonus episode time. We sat down with Alan Turner, the creator of the Endragor role-playing system, to talk about fate. Similar to our Kenneth Height introduction to Gumshoe, this is going to go over the broad strokes of what you need to play fate and what the different game terms mean. The episode's about 20 minutes long, and it should prepare you for any fate session that you might be heading into. Fate is a pretty diverse and hackable system, so the different plays on Fate have different rules. You'll probably need to talk to your game master when you're starting up your Fate game, but this should give you a solid foundation to build on. With all that out of the way, let's get to the show. A printout that, so I've been doing this thing where I, like at the American Indian Center and various other organizations, I've gone and like run the game, mm-hmm. and I have like a set of handouts I give to people to make it easier, because I always have people say, hey, we want you to come and run this this horror game with our... Ten-year-olds. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. So I have to, you know, Explain, bring, bring things down a, a few. spooky. So, but, but um, j- just in terms of the abstract nature of things, because I think most people, when you do think of games, um, and the problem with Fate is that there's a lot of non-discrete stuff, and people are used to discrete options. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get people to a point where they get that. So um, let me give you the rundown. Um, start with the dice. Uh, Fate uses these. Use... Each of you should have four of these dice. Okay. Um, note that things, it doesn't matter if they match. Um, just take four. And you know that the die have... Um, they're six-sided dice. There is a, There are two sides that have a plus on them, mm-hmm. two sides that have a minus, and two sides that are empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the, the way they work is you roll the dice, and you tally them up by comparing your, your positives versus your, your negatives. And that gives you your, your, your base total, right? And so that base total can range from... Negative four to positive four. Does that, yes. does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, in addition to that, you're going to have other things that modify those roles. So, the, um, the two major things are skills and aspects. Mm-hmm. Everything in the game is, um, measured on this, this, this difficulty scale called, called the ladder. Um, it starts at, yeah, it starts at mediocre. Let me bring that out so you all can see it better. It starts at mediocre, which is a plus zero. And then it goes up, to, and in the case of, of, of Edregor, it goes up to Mythic, which is a plus 10. It also goes down to negative 4, which, which is abysmal. Very rarely will you have anything that's, that's giving you negatives like that, but um, your skills are going to be, be measured in, in terms of how, how good you are with them, and they're going to be categorized by one, one, of these, um, one of these ladder names. So this is a little bit like the old Marvel superheroes role-playing game, if you ever played that, mm-hmm. where things are like, you know, excellent and amazing or whatever. So... Um, you can either use the word or you, or you can use a number. But so, for instance, if you look at your characters here, everybody has a set of skills that are great, a set that are good, a set that are fair, and a set that are average. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that's, that's under great, you get a plus four on those rolls. Everything that's under good, you get a plus three on those rolls. Uh, fair is a plus two, average is a plus one. Anything not listed you have, you just have it at plus zero. Okay. So, um, th- so on top of that, 
we have these awesome things, which are my favorite part of um, Fate, which are the aspects. So the aspects are these funky little phrases um, that... How your character sheet? Uh, it's right there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I took it. Oh, um, they, um, they're, they're these, these narrative phrases that are kind of, um, they're descriptors of what's important to your character, um, what motivates your character, what, uh, moves your character through the world, or, or what, what's, what's special about them. So, um, I'm trying to get a good example of, like, I, I presume everybody here has seen The Princess Bride? Yeah. Yes. I think no? that's playing at the bar tonight. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. oh wait. We're at the wrong place. Tomorrow. <laughs> so, you, you get someone like Wesley. Um, and the princess, princess bride who's, who may have the aspect, I serve the drip pirate Roberts, right? And so there's, there's, there's this thing about him that he can say, I serve the drip pirate Roberts. Um, he can, he can invoke that, um, which is, you invoke by spinning a fate point, which you'll all have. Um, he can invoke that. And when he invokes that, that gives him some options. Let's say he's trying to intimidate someone and that uh, intimidation runs, um, doesn't do, go so well on the roll. Um, he can invoke it. He can invoke. But I serve the drip pirate Roberts on that intimidation, mm-hmm. and, and he can choose to either re-roll those dice, give himself a plus two on that, or add some kind of funky extra bit of narrative there that that, that may change the scene in some way to to allow us um, to change how that's going to play out. You know, so and, and so these these aren't stuck and these aren't restricted in where they can be applied. It's just we um, we have to kind of um, we basically use a group fiat to decide if that actually applies in that situation. So. Um, if if it's a battle of, I don't know, if it's a rap battle, <laughs> um, Wesley may not get to use a serve the drip pirate robbers. He might depends on what your idea of what happened on that pirate ship, uh, what your idea is. Um, so likewise, in addition to invoking a um, um, an aspect, you can compel one. And what uh, typically I'm going to be doing most of the compels. And what a compel does is it it's an opportunity for me to invite you to engage the story a little bit more. Um, if you, uh, m- most of these, uh, can be used positively or they can get you into trouble. And, and if there's a situation and I suggest to you, let me see, a, a crow fights till others can survive and there are a bunch of people are running and you want to get the hell out of Dodge, but I'm like, yeah, but you're a crow and a crow fights so others can, um, others can survive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, that, that's the point where you as a player, you can, you can say, no, <laughs> and keep on going and, and we just kind of play it out as it is. But you can also say, yes, that's right. And and then and then change your, your yourself so that you actually engage this. When that happens, when you when you embrace the trouble that I, I offer for you, um, you get a fate point. So the fate points become this this economy that allows us to by by submitting yourself to to the uh, the flows of the story, you get the, the capacity to change the story later on. Um. So it in so it encourages the it encourages the player. To roll the dice, it encourages the player to roll the dice, and it also encourages the player to play the character, right? Because now, it, I, I sometimes I, I I compare it to alignment in a game of D anD D, where everyone has like this idea of what lawful good means, yeah. Um, but not everybody agrees on what lawful good means. <laughs> Here, um, you have more of a breakdown of what 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 your character means, and so if if you if you're the um, uh, kleptomaniac um, guy who just can't leave well enough alone. Who's super curious and is always stealing stuff, and there and there, there's like a, a golden gem sitting on the pedestal that might wake the dragon. You are not going to walk away from that because that is not that's not, not your nature. Yeah, it keeps it keeps the game a little bit more dramatic too. Yeah. I know when we did it with Atomic Robo, we were uh, asking for compels left and right yeah, because we, really we wanted, wanted the game to be more interesting. <laughs> Absolutely, and 
Go ahead. I just had a quick question about something mechanical. What are the colors on aspects? Oh, so in oh, that's a great question. So in Edrigor, there there are a lot of non non standard fate things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being um, that when we when we sit down and make characters, these aspects come out of this process, kind of like your traditional um, fate uh, phases process, but they're they're called your winters. Sure. And every winter is a moment that we're, of survival for your character. And so, like, there's a winter of childhood. There's a uh, winter of adolescence. There's um, when your first adventure. But these are surviving a winter is a big deal in this world because nights are longer. All kinds of crazy stuff comes out after you. Um, so you 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 create your you you come up with your winters. From the winters come these aspects, and there are two winters that are important. The black one is your nightmare aspect, and that nightmare aspect is something that I can compel and you can't say no to. This is this is a this is this is something that is um, deep is deeply rooted in your character's being and, and, and is an issue that, that they're 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 dealing with. In a logo campaign, um, these things actually will have uh, will be the source of a shiver. Shiver are the monsters that come up in, in, in the night to, to get people, and that will allow me to bring that shiver out on a regular basis to hunt you, harrow you, um, do whatever. But you know, in the case of like Three Hair and Laughing Moon here, he, this is a character who um, lost um, lost his family because the people wouldn't fight for him. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, hurt, you know, sat there and watched, watched his family die. So I can, I can compel the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and you, yeah, you, you have to, to engage it. Um, and then there's, there's also every character has some connection to the mysteries, which are the, which is the magic of the world. And so everyone has a uh, winter of awakening when the mysteries touch them somehow. And that's what the blue ones are. Mm-hmm. So everybody has one, even if you're not a magical character, you still have a little bit of magic. And so each of you has an aspect that is tied to um, one of the um, one of the mysteries. If you you can you can use that aspect normally, or you can invoke it as a mystery aspect. And in, in that case, you actually use um, the mystery that's in parentheses and tell how how you make that apply to the situation. Right. Um, but it, it, but consider that to be kind of a wild talent kind of thing. You don't have control over it. It's, it just kind of happens. So it's, it's it's encouraged that you you actually create a narrative moment that is you know like let's say you're a person who had some connection to time and you're a warrior and like when 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 you get really up against the wall the world just seems to slow down for you you know that's that's just something that happens it's not like you know a big special power when you do that though however you take stress it's 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 a uh, it's a little overwhelming for for your character so then i guess i should take us to the next piece which is stress well, actually no there's stunts so every character also has stunts which which also supplement their use of skills and the stunts again vary from uh, from character to character these are very much like your feats in D&D some stunts are, are pretty straightforward, like literate. <laughs> if you have literate, you can you can read and write a language. Um, if if but not having literate doesn't make you um, somebody who's who's a, tr- a trouble. Yes, you are literate. <laughs> um, Books aren't important anyway. So, um, for instance, <laughs> they just get you into trouble. Okay. The the crows here um, have a, a unique weapon. It's their crow lance, which is this two in, two inch spear. Um, you're a specialist with the crow lance. So in addition to just using spears, you're badass with spears in general because that's one of your great skills. Fantastic. But when you have a crow lance in your hands, um, that's, you basically have another plus two to that. So that, you know, this, this lets you stand your ground against a horde and just, you know, tear things up. Um, crow style represents the martial art and then that gives you access to, you have mysteries and your mysteries are all used basically through martial arts maneuvers. Yes. So you're, you're like, you know, a kung fu wizard. Um, other people have different kinds of stunts. Let's see, literate, defensive fighter, which um, gives you a bonus to dodge and defense rolls. Um, extraordinary counselor, whenever you're trying to do rapport to, um, 
or medicine to help someone um, ease through a sorrow or a pain. Um, again, these are things that in a long-term campaign show up a lot. Um, in a short-term campaign, maybe not as much. Um, it, it gives it gives you bonuses to those roles. You're 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 very helpful with that. Um, and I'll go over other people's in a minute. So stress. <clears throat> Anytime you are engaged in in, in a conflict, um, the conflict can result in stress. Stress can come at you as physical stress, stress, <laughs> stress, which, <laughs> which comes off of your health, and it can come out, come at you as mental stress, which comes off of your composure. Whenever you take stress, you get to decide where it comes off of. Mm-hmm. So you may be in a boxing match and someone punches you in the face where you can say that didn't really hurt me, but it winded me or it caught me by surprise. And so that's a mental, more mental damage than it's physical damage. Which is true for boxing, right? You, mm-hmm. you kind of, you have to wear them down mentally before you can, um, pull them down. Um, there are a number of boxes that people have. Each of those boxes, um, represents a number of points equal to their place in that line going from left to right. So this is your one box, your one, one stress box, your two stress box, your three stress box. So as stress is coming at you, um, if I say you're taking two, two points of stress, you can just mark off the middle box. Okay. If a lot of stress is coming at you, that's when we deal with what are called consequences. Consequences are your wounds, your fatigue, all, all, all the weird stuff that, that happens as a function of, uh, um, an altercation. And the way they work is you have these things listed here. Mm-hmm. You only have this, um, you only have this set of consequences to work with. Until they're filled, they, they don't exist. Okay. So if, um, let's say there's, there's a, someone's doing a flying jump kick at your face. And, and it's going to do two points of stress. You can block that by taking a light consequence. And maybe you say something that's like, um, I got some blood in my eye. And so that becomes a, a, um, an aspect that is now on your character that the person who initiated that consequence can now use for free without burning a fate point. Right. Does that make sense? So now, so like if, if I were to connect with that blow, you say, Oh, I'm not taking those two points of stress. Um, I instead, um, oh. I, I've got blood in my eye. Oh, okay. Then I can say, ha, he's got blood in his eye. Because he's got blood in his eye, he won't see this punch coming. And then, the, and, and then that gives me a plus two to my roll. So, unlike a, a lot of games where tactics are a function of placement on the board, and, and the game, and any, and a fate-based game, tactics are a function of, of narrative setup. Um, people can create advantages, pass those advantages around and set people up for for a bunch of situations that when, when the blow is landed or a comment is, is given, it has profound effects. All right. Well, the only thing that I see on these sheets that I don't recognize from okay. Fate that I've already played is Cascade. So Cascade is another Edgigore thing. <coughs> um, so in in the, in the game of Edgigore, there are also power levels. Some things, m- most things you're going to meet in the world are, are um, common. They're of, of a common power level, you know, you run down the street, there's a dog, the dog starts um, attacking you, it's a common dog, you're a common man, um, it's all good, and everybody's happy. Um, <laughs> and so, so the fight is relatively even, even if, even if your skills aren't. Um, but then you, 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 you come across, you know, that, that spirit dog, um, that, that, that's, that's been, you know, been, hidden beneath the Karen for like the past 500 years, and this thing, um, is, is mighty. And so, it mighty is two is two power levels higher than you. So something that is mighty um, can not only has these huge bonuses to affect you, they can also have this 
outpour of secondary stuff. So if you think of this like an enemy, this is the point where someone punches the wall behind the um, hits you, hits you into the wall, and then there's like cracks and stuff all in the wall behind you, and mm-hmm. things are coming down and fire ups, and you're like, oh my god, I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, in the case of all these characters, anytime you do something, and there there are points where you will have um, things will up your power level just for a moment. Um, if you succeed with style, and that basically is, that means you, you, you make a roll by three or more? Two or more. I forgot. Should we look it up quickly? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's two, two or more. Uh, my, my brain sometimes gets savage. Well, let's just, mixed. let's just look it up. Mm. The, or we have a book. We have a book. Have a book. Um, well, in any case, when you, when you, when you succeed with style, mm. you, um, you, you have an opportunity for Cascade, and so each character has these um, manifestations that happen, where go, um, that happen around them that, that suggest the kind of narrative flavor you should give to the Cascade that happens. So it's basically the special effect of the extra thing you do. Mm. Is there something that we should know about each of our cultures? Um, in the case of what we're about to do, not so much. Um, the big Feltiorna, Feltiorna, Feltiorna is um, of the Gael. She's a her people are um, arboreal people. You live in these big, awesome um, trees. Um, you're kind of an interesting combination of Celt meets um, voodoo. Cool. Voodoo That's Celt. really cool. That's really cool. Um, We're gonna love playing. So, oh my God. so lot, 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 lots of lots of sacrifice and blood um, and blood in um, you know everything, getting down and dirty is not something that that this character is afraid of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you who have. This symbol are of the Wijasa, and you are the people who basically li- um, live in this um, this hu- huge savanna called the Shill, um, which is a big rolling grassland. It's kind of a, a, a plains. Your people are primarily nomadic. Um, you you do have steeds. Most people have access to some steeds. They're called Mastinchala, and they're they're giant hares mm. that people ride um, ride about. Yes. Um, they're battle hares, <laughs> really. <laughs> which is, if you ever seen a rabbit fight, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Rabbits are, are rough. Um, so you're you're probably the closest thing to what most people think of when you think of the stereotypical native person. Okay. Um, that that would be um, the Wijasa, kind of the noble plains tribesman, sure. kind of Cree, Salish, Lakota. Juho, you're from way up north. Mm-hmm. Um, you're one of the Orali, who are kind of a um, Laplander, Finnish, um, Inuit, and Inupiaq kind of mix of people. You come up from come from this, this great frozen north where everything is cold. Um, you live in a place where there are there are um, twenty eight days of night, and the the dark hordes try to pour down in, into the southern lands during that period. And your people start the line and hold them off for for basically a month. Uh-huh. Um, you you don't want to have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've 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 come down. Um, you've actually run off. You've been run off multiple, from multiple places. You're uh, a I, person I, gets into a I lot of trouble. Gathered. <laughs> Um, uh, but, but your people are uh, uh, just, just, just like the, uh, Wijasa, but even more so, your people are a people of survival. Okay. Um, it is, you, you, you see the worst of the worst up there. Worst of the worst. <laughs> worst of the worst. There's no sausage involved. <laughs> um, uh, three heron, you come from the far south, um, southwest. Um, your people are these really, really, really tall people. Um, you're, uh, I guess if I compare them to current combined cultures, you're kind of a, a Pueblo meets Zulu 
um, combination. You're these very tall, dark-skinned people who live in this place called the Sunder, where they're like these cliffs that just go from the waters um, up to the sky, and you live these okay. in this vertical lifestyle. So you've kind oh, of built cool. a, this kind of parkour culture where you're running from from cliff to cliff face to cliff face, running across ropes and stuff. Um, trying to survive in, in this vertical world because up above you are these great rainforests, um, where the sun doesn't reach. And so dark things are up there all the time. And in the waters, um, you can only go so deep because the waters get dark. Oh, man. so you're kind of stuck in between. Okay. Um, I know we're crunched for time, but mm-hmm. the, but upon hearing that, my question is, so does the in-between get sunlight because if the it, does. Fall- it does um it does and there, there's this whole questing process for your people where people um young men and women are expected to go up um and and find place for people to live the problem is they've been doing that for so long that young men and women are getting scarce and so there's a lot of people coming out to look for help to bring them back over into the sunder um and that's kind of how you wound up in this space Yes. All right. Uh, so I am going to save that. And- All right, heroes. Hopefully that provided you with a good foundation for fate and a little bit of information about Edregor, which is going to be coming up next week. Thanks for hanging in with us through these technical glitches, and I will see most of you later this week on Campaign and Critical Success. See you next time, heroes. Okay.